Welcome to Friday Vibes. No script, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for Friday Vibes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. Now your hosts, me, Alex Bear with Genius Juice and Wade Yeti. All right, welcome to episode 60 of Friday Vibes. We are mixing it up for you today. We are mixing it up for you today where I am on your right, Wade's on the left. You just, you know, I just, I woke up this morning saying, I want to be on the the other side, you know, and so I'm on the other side of the screen. The full story is that I got locked out of our podcast software account for whatever reason. We don't know why my account doesn't exist. So now Wade is now the owner and uh, proprietor of, of our StreamYard account. So congratulations, Wade. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. I'm trying to figure out how to uh, share it like I usually do, and everything's just all out of whack for me. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting show, to say the least. Yeah, I'm, I'm not able to share it, so... Uh, it I think, yeah, I think because it's on your under your account now, so it says like Wade Yenny has gone live. So now you, I, you, so I share funny, it. I share it now. You want to know what's funny about that? On my timeline, on my notifications, Alex Bear is live. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I think yes. that is so. I think you, you, you've you've stolen my identity. That's the only. That, maybe that, that's that, it. And you've stolen mine. Is that what's going on here? Exactly. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, Alex Yenny and you are Wade Bear today. Yeah, I was going to say it all works, right? We'll answer to anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we also have the comments that's on the, the, the side too. Oh yeah. Uh, I've got it. I was going to say that's up to me too. Right. So, uh, let's yeah, see. I have no control over any of this anymore. Oh, this is, this is really going to be a train wreck. Yeah. Um, you okay. got to do this with your hands. Like, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Give the kid matches. Give the kid matches. So we've yeah. got Hank. Uh, we've got that liquid death. Yes, I, I, I told, I don't know if Sean's here or not, but I told Sean Lynch that I was going to wear this. He gifted me this at uh, Expo. So uh, I had to I had to represent liquid death. Not that they need any more pub because they're blowing up. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, we got Nick. Uh, we've got... Uh, uh, Jason thanking Kate for his wildberry samples. We're just and talking we, about them. Yeah. yeah. It's the, it's, it makes a lemon taste like an orange. Nature's wildberry. It's, it's awesome like magic. That's like voodoo stuff, right? Yeah. It's either a psychedelic or it's doing, it's doing something to, to trick your brain. We don't know what it is, but it works. Interesting. That's good stuff. You know, so, so the other thing that's uh, different, at least as I'm looking at it is, you know, normally uh, I have some visibility to who's, you know, who's on and, and all that good stuff. And uh, today, because of the setup, um, I don't see what I'm normally seeing. So it's, uh, yeah, I, on, on my app, it shows that Alex is live uh, on here. It's just a yeah, this Everything's is uh, mixed up. Yeah, is it, yeah. It's not Friday the thirteenth. I'm looking, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. uh, I, you know, I, I blame Gavin. I blame Gavin. Yeah, he's bad. always a, he's a scapegoat now and forever. Um, well, so it's yeah, it's, it's cool. The dynamic is um, it's nice. I, I've been wanting to talk a little less because I've been talking so much this entire week, going out and selling and having two hour conver conversations. So now I can take a little bit of the backseat. And let Wade 
run more of the show. I maybe I'm I'm a passenger. I'm not in the backseat, but I'm the passenger now where I don't really have control of the wheel, but I'm still navigating and helping. I do want to do some laundry list uh, items, which is a guest. If you want to be a guest on Friday Vibes, if you would like to be a sponsor right now, it's free. Wade, is it going to remain free? A word on the street, Alex, is that it might not always be free. Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as a uh, as a free podcast, right? As they say, so uh, you think it's free, but it's really not, right? We're making money somehow, but we do want to grow our podcast. We do want to get more resources behind it. We want to do more marketing behind it to get it out to the community. We want to help more of our CPG community, and that takes, uh, you know, it used to be cacao traded in Peru. Now there, now it's money. Um, so it takes money to do all this. So we're going to start putting together a sponsorship program where you can sponsor a short term or long term. And there'll be a really affordable rate for that. So you can be part of our community and get the word out about your product to the many, 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 many people that are on here live. And also um, all the listeners that go to Apple podcast and um, also Spotify. So make sure to email Friday vibes, plural 100 Friday vibes, 100 number 100 at Gmail dot com nice <clears throat> nice so yeah i put a couple couple notes up there devin powell tgif marine uh bowen parks is back after not being around for a while uh we've got steven kessler uh who we saw at expo a couple weeks ago just want to show all pop i love i love this oh. product uh we got stephanie happy friday we've got uh the one the only balal Bilal. Uh, Bilal's our, our first. Look at that. He's he's there for both. He just doesn't even bat an eye. He's he's just yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, there, go, there goes a month right there. A there month's booked. Yep. And uh, yeah. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff. So what's uh, you said? You've been running around selling, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I'm just still loving this dynamic. It's interesting. It's it's uh, just just from being on the left. It's like you are running it, right? Like it's awesome. I love this. Yeah. So, oh. so, um, yeah. So, you know, this week has been interesting. You know, I'm still kind of almost still coming off the high from Expo West, even though it has been a couple of weeks. Um, I am going out and selling the living crap out of our new wellness shots that we're putting into a lot of new stores, retail, regional chains. And also different, um, you know, eateries and shops and, and all around L.A. So I've been driving about 12 hours, three days a week. And I did a post on LinkedIn. Um, I got to po- point this way, not that way, that um, all about it's never you're never too big to go back out in the field and back into the trenches. So right. whether you're I mean, guys like Seth Goldman, who I really look up to that started Honest Tea, sold Honest Tea to Coke. Um, he developed the brand Eat the Change, and then now he has Just Ice Tea, and he's back out there. He went to the trade shows. He went to the meetings. He goes to the stores. He checks the shelves and, you know, wherever he lives, I think San Francisco. And um, he's back out there like he's starting for the first time as a new entrepreneur. And I love that entrepreneurial energy and spirit. So I feel like that's an, encapsulated, embodied in me. So when I've been going back out there, even though we've had our genius smoothies on the market for, you know, nine and a half years now, it feels like we're going back to our roots, which is my hat, rooted food sales, pun intended. Nice. 
Nice. And uh, so thank you, Matt Cotton, for sending that. And uh, But yeah, just going back to our roots, going back out and hitting the streets, pounding the pavement. I'm doing ride-alongs with our distributors. I'm doing ride-alongs with our sales team and training them on what to say and how to say it. And uh, we're having a lot of fun here. It's great. Great. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, once you have that in you, if if you're a true, true salesperson, that doesn't go away. I mean, even regardless of of where you go and, and how high you get elevated, um, that 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 itch needs scratched a little bit every so often. You know, obviously, um, when you're running a business and, and doing all the things, accounting and, you know, HR and everything that goes with that, it's it may not be at the forefront, but but the itch is still there. So that's uh, that's interesting interesting to hear so um we got a couple more people join us we've got tony moore um we've got monica what's up monica um we've got devin asking about kahi which um you've talked about in the past quite a bit yeah i got i gotta say um yeah before we roll to the the rest of the comments here that um there is going to be a news story which um, I'm not going to say the publication. It was something that um, this organization really wanted to cover. Not a story just about, you know, us, Kehi, what's going on, you know, just um, in that dynamic, but more so the entire industry and how the industry is working with large distributors, national distributors, how it could be challenging. And Kehi, in my opinion, right, and everyone has their own opinion, is a challenging distributor to work with for many reasons, um, but you need them because yeah, they, they have a lot of different stores they deliver to. So this article is going to be hitting in the next couple of weeks. I won't say who's releasing it, but I had a full interview with them where I provided insight as to um, what to be careful of when you are expanding your business nationally and what we feel at Genius Juice is the best strategy to do, especially in this economic market and time. So Look out for that. I'll be announcing one on, on, on LinkedIn uh, once the article is live. Excellent. Excellent. Look forward to checking that out. Okay. Yep. So uh, we got Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie, just thanking you for uh, sharing, I think, your sales story as far as being out there. We got Josh joining us. Afternoon. Happy Friday. And we got Bilal talking about hitting the streets. And if there's anyone that knows about that, it's that guy, right? Yeah, 75 uh, farmers markets per week. Uh, he's at at least 38 of them. You know, I'm exaggerating, but it feels like he almost is. He's that much of a grinder. And uh, so it's really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, what else? What else? So you're, um, I want to also uh, just say that, you know, if you want to shout out as well, right? Like if you have questions for us, um, feel free to shout out. We'll shout you back out. Let us know your thoughts and feelings on what's going on, what you are going through as a brand. Um, and yeah, and we'll take it from there. So you are a couple months away, right, Wade, from moving in. Yeah, yeah. We haven't set a date yet. Um, trying to work through uh, some various things that need to happen before that. You know, we, utilities are on. I think uh, next week uh, I've got my Wi-Fi being turned on. Um, so little by little, it's coming together. We were there. Look, I had to go out and buy a mower which I haven't had to worry about for uh, wow. for a while. Yeah. It's just, yeah. A, I, I just bought a little electric electric deal because it's just a small patch, but nonetheless it needs done. Um, yep. So I had to do that. So there's a lot of these little things. And as I mentioned before, we have, uh, we have our place here. 
um, into into June. So we're not in a rush to to get it done. We're just kind of you know doing little little things you know maybe once during the week, and then we go over on the weekends and get some things done. So uh, yeah, so hopefully I'm guessing May or the first part of June we'll we'll get over there, and uh, um, more than likely we will turn one of the bedrooms into an office, and uh, we'll be doing this from there instead of seeing posters and uh, the uh, the light behind me that's like. I can't make go away. It's uh, you know, we'll have, we'll have a little bit better, better surroundings as far as uh, environment and acoustics go. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I congratulate you on uh, getting the place. And uh, I think the market is getting better. And um, what's interesting too, is that, you know, just with the weather in general, you know, changing subjects, it's been for those that are in LA, it's been pounding rain and there's articles coming out that there is so much snow that they're closing towns right now. Like part of Lake Arrowhead was just closed. Like you can't even go up there. It's just, it's like a, a bankment of snow. And so the other day was actually sleeting um, here in LA. So I was, I was driving in West Hollywood uh, going into the West side and it was literally sleeting. So it's interesting, you know? Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be out there going back to it. I love, you know, I love selling. And I think when I talk to founders, the most important thing that I see really going into more of the advisory side, this is the, this is the Friday advisory services, right? We're, we're kind of changing subjects is if you're a founder, CEO, co-founder, president running a company, it's always really good to find anything you can do, find any way possible to put any task you don't have to do, have someone else do it, delegate it, bookkeeping, operations, production. It's good to be involved. But you don't have to be sitting at your production facility for, you know, 10 hours or 15 hours. So I just got off the phone with a great entrepreneur. I won't name who they are with a product that I absolutely love, which I hope will soon scale to be more more national. And uh, he's in the facility 10 hours at a time. He's doing bookkeeping. He's cutting checks. And I just said, listen, you need to get someone else to do that because as the co-founder, founder, whoever, get out there and sell. And raise right. money like those two things raise money and sell your product if you can stick to that you can really scale your business so that's been the biggest thing for me is that i have, I have a great team a small team at genius juice i've been able to have my partner handle operations i got people handling trucks and people handling you know our team handling bookkeeping i can go out there for 12 hours without getting anxious that i have to go to my phone and answer emails i can take 10 to 12 hours and go out and just sell but I will say that if you have a Tesla, it makes it a lot easier to answer your emails while you're driving. If you're on auto drive or self drive, there you go. Not advocating that for everyone, but um, if it's safe to do auto drive or self drive, it's okay to check some emails. So, but that's a big thing that I've learned in nine years in. Got to delegate. Right, right. Well, I think that's true with any good leader. Um, you know, it, certainly you want to, you need to get in the trenches and 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 be active with your team. But at the same time. Um, any good leader, in my opinion, regardless of the business, is going to delegate and and rise their people up with them. So so they're not carrying the load completely by themselves. So, exactly. um, you know, speaking of the weather, I had to say this because as I put on as I put on this jersey, I'm starting to sweat. Gavin, Gavin mentioned it's Yeah, it's it's mid 80s in North Carolina today. It is warm. So uh, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Last weekend wasn't wasn't quite like that. And uh, it looks like at least this weekend and maybe into the foreseeable future. I mean, we're borderline air conditioning weather now. So it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, but uh, Evan had a question for you. Yeah, Alex. I was looking at that. Yeah. 
Is it best to wait until a big retailer requests you to be in Unify K versus trying to get into them yourself? I mean, it depends on what it's, it's such an open-ended question because it really depends on what your, um, what your product is and where the best fit is for your product. If you have a, a product like lemon perfect, which is a buck 99 to 249 and it's shelf stable and it could go into Publix, it can go into, well, let's, let's say K unify accounts. It can go into sprouts. It can go into Albertsons. Um, it can go into, uh, you know, whole foods. Then, um, you, you, I, I would say it's good to go that route of eventually more mass expansion. If you have a higher end premium product, I think it's better to start local and regional in your backyard and to delay going to unify and K for as long as possible. Like, like until you really need them and, and until you're, and I'm not saying I, I like unify a lot more than K. I've been very vocal about that. I'm a big, I'm a supporter of unify and they've been pretty reasonable as a national distributor, but you really want to focus in your backyard. You really want to focus in metro areas where your product could sell better and it's busier and people spend more money. So um, I'm a big fan of DSD. I mentioned that on the show. I'm a big fan of High Touch and Rainforest and Shoreline and LAD and all these guys. Um, you know, Seacoast down there near Jimbo's that take care of you. You call, you can call up the owner. They'll answer the phone. And there's really no chargebacks because when you go with a national distributor, it is pay to play. It costs a lot of money to activate the item. It, it costs a lot of money to get it to the stores. If you start going national, you have to hire people in those regions, right? To check the stores. All this costs a lot of money. So yeah, and long story short, um, start regional, start in your backyard, start regional. And eventually once you feel that your product is well known enough and has been proven, then you can go to Whole Foods or Sprouts and go to them and if it's a good fit for the retailer, they'll bring in the distributor and the rest is history. Right. I think that's what Nick was touching on here, talking about you really can't can't get into one of those big boys without having a key account to open up a DC, which also that's something that uh, Marine touched on as well, is, is that, you know, until a retailer is looking for your product, it's not it's you can theoretically you can go to, uh, to Alex's point, a, a smaller backyard type person and have a conversation and, and work that route. And, and they might actually, depending on the individual or the, the, um, the distributor, they might actually sell your product for you. You know, as far as there's, they have people out that, you know, sometimes it's full service. Sometimes it's, um, you know, by full service, I mean, they're ordering the product, they're stocking the product, they're delivering the product. Full service means they do the whole kit and caboodle. So a lot of times a distributor like that will, you'll present, so to speak, to them. And then they will, you know, they might agree to pick up the product and then they'll go out and sell on your behalf. So that happens a little bit. But uh, yeah, Marine's right as far as, um, you know, when you look at the big boys, that's that's just the way it goes. Uh, Christopher Wysong's joining us. Happy Friday. Uh, Bilal's kind of echoing what, what we talked about as far as the chicken before the egg, needing an anchor account, get the DC, everything we've talked about. Uh, Josh, Josh is asking, what is DSD? Uh, and Daniel Barnes answered him, yeah. direct store delivery. Direct store delivery. And uh, yeah, you know, and the other thing that was touched on, so you touched on as well, Wade, is that you have to have an anchor account to go with a DC because so many brands have made the mistake, including genius juice. We get sold by a broker, right? Unfortunately, 
or someone on our team that says, oh, you got to open up. I'm making this up the Florida market. Well, if you don't have an anchor in Florida and you try to open up Cahey Lehigh Valley or unify Sarasota, you're going to be struggling to keep that D.C. alive. You're going to need, I would say, Wade, to me, like 35 to 40 accounts pulling from that DC, unless it's really high volume. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends. There's so many parameters there with high volume and, and which one. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot. But to your point, you, you, you're not going to just be able to pick up a three-store chain and, and get that to open up. And so just to expand on a little bit, because Josh, Josh is asking about the direct store delivery piece. Um, so... I'm going to, I'm going to throw my conventional hat on for a minute and talk about, so you've got, basically you have wholesalers, right? Which would be your, you, you know, your Unify, your Kehi, um, you know, bigger Spartan Nash, AWG, these big distributors where you get the majority of your products from direct store delivery um, examples of conventional will be like Coke and Pepsi and the bread vendors, Pepperidge farm and ice cream, local ice cream vendors and milk vendors where they own and operate their own, trucks and they're delivering that product direct direct store delivery um but what alex is referring to is smaller local regional dsd vendors who have similar products as a unifier or ke but uh they're not they're not they're only providing certain products to those stores they're not they don't carry the the wide range of products that a unify ke or one of the larger distributors do they they have a smaller portfolio um, and they operate regionally as, a pro, as opposed to a widespread area. Does that make sense, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically, um, these regional distributors are just owning their backyard. They go maybe a 20, 30 mile radius. I mean, high touch goes a little further to Arizona for Whole Foods, but Seacoast stays within Southern California, you know? And I, I really like them because there's no chargebacks, there's no bullshit. You, you, when you sell them $3,000 worth of products, you're getting a check for $3,000, right? Unless, you know, unless there's spoilage. And also DSD moves product faster. You get it to their warehouse. They turn it around very quickly and put it right in the stores. And they're going to be more motivated because they're smaller, right? They want every brand they have to succeed. And they really care about the brands that they're with, that they carry to make sure that the product actually sells through. So I talk with a company, I, I won't, they'll remain nameless. I think I've said that 800 times on the show. If you take all the times I've said that quote, you can, it will splice in, it'll be a five minute clip. But there's a company that um, they are in 55 stores. Uh, they do self-manufacturing. Okay, this is where like it blows my mind. They do self-manufacturing. They're in 55 doors. They focus on a certain type of account. Um, again, I'll be very kind of bland with it. It's a food service type account and they do anywhere from five to 15 cases a week per location with three SKUs. So they're in the right locations and they're going to do, I think so far they're, uh, they're doing about 60 to 70,000 a month in sales. So they're going to near a million and under a hundred stores. Wow. So that, that's just, they're doing like, it's just insane. So um, they just do really, really well. They just do a lot of volume. So you do the math. I mean, 10, 15 cases, it really adds up, you know, a 12 pack, right? Right. And it's, all, it's also a very high cost product. 
this product is not two dollars. This is five bucks and up, sometimes up to ten bucks. So it's very specialty, but it shows you they're profitable, they have margin, they're in their backyard, they can see the accounts, they can smell the accounts, they can go into the accounts, they can shake hands, kiss babies, and they're gonna near, they're gonna eventually start breaking into the million in the next year or two. Right. That to me is an amazing model where you don't have to be doing 50 million and you could be successful. And we've talked about this on the show so much way, which is like the model is changing, which is slow and steady at a great margin and profit wins the race, not fast burning cash and hoping you grow your revenue enough. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm getting behind on comments, so I'm going to put my uh, director's hat back on here. Uh, So. We got Steven kind of echoing, it's important to think big, but be responsible to play small when starting. Uh, we have a couple of questions coming. Andy's asking me, um, so this is me asking myself a question. Do you prefer to have a product presented by the founder or a salesperson? That's a good question. Um, so, uh, you know, when, when I, which mind you now in my role, I don't do a lot of talking um, having presentations made to me. I, I have conversations with brands. I have conversations with founders, brokers, and all those things, but presentations are typically being made at this point to my category managers. But um, I always enjoy talking to founders because I think um, it's kind of things we talked about uh, and, and I'll continue to, uh, the, I'll testify to this until the cows come home that um, I, I feel like no one is going to sell your product as good as you do. And um, in my past life, when I was able to talk to founders, I got a lot of enjoyment out of hearing the stories firsthand, you know, what they're passionate about, why they got into, into the business, to tell me about the product. And, and you just could get a lot of that. And, I, and the, the cool thing about that is I, I developed a lot of relationships to this day that are still very strong. So um, if I had my say, I, I personally like that. Now, um, from a category manager standpoint, I, I mean, realistically, as you're scaling your business and you look across the country, are you going to make every single sales pitch as a founder? Probably not. But but I think um, when you're able to and it makes sense, if it's a strategic play like certain retailers that it makes sense, you know, I, I, I certainly it, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Um, but I would say, depending, again, on who you're presenting to and the scope of their business, um, there's probably individuals that might be somewhat intimidated by talking to a founder as opposed mm-hmm. to a broker or a salesperson, because th- that's the other thing. As you grow and you look at larger chains, uh, those salespeople, those brokers and individuals have those relationships because they're talking to the people, uh, the CMs and, and every day of the week or, you know, several times a week. Whereas uh, if a founder comes not, oh, I'm the founder, it's, it, it can be a little bit too much, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think that's where you hold your brokers and, and, and those people accountable and you, you know, you get that feedback and then maybe strategically for larger, larger players or ones that are really important to you. Maybe you step in Alex, what do you think? I mean, I think you nailed it. And I think everyone on here is going to, is thinking the same thing. Uh, not, a ton to add to that since you covered it so well, Wade, but I would say that, um, intimidation and sometimes too much passion can be damaging in a meeting. Um, because founders, especially when they're early stage, you're looking to just make sure that you can make it to next month. You know, (laughs) like you need, you're depending on the sale in order to get enough revenue to pay yourself some kind of salary. So you can, put food on the table and uh, hopefully afford Netflix. And, you know, sadly that it comes down to that, you know, 1699 a month or whatever it is. Right. So 
you know, founders, including myself, when I first started, you get too passionate, you get too aggressive, and it actually can scare, um, not so much scare, but just rub the wrong way, the buyer or the, the person making the decision, the general manager, the owner, the found, the owner of the store. So it's being really careful. And I like that. That was my strategy is like, I, I can get very passionate, but you know what? Having a broker or a salesperson that I trust and can and really trust in, they can do a great job. Having that buffer is actually a lot better since some buyers don't want to be meeting with 10, 10 founders a week, right? right? Maybe well, once in a while, right? It's and, okay. And the other thing, and, and we can close this because I'm getting so far behind here. I, I, yeah. I feel, I feel your good. pain. I feel your pain like you normally have to do this. But um, what I would say is, um, you kind of touched on this at the beginning of the show, like where we talked about, you know, hiring people to do this for you, whether it's operations or logistics or, you know, the, as a founder, you should know what your strong points are. Right. Yep. And, and if you're, if it's sales, then you focus on sales. If, and your weak points are operations and logistics, you have people, you hire people to take care of those things for you. Now, if you're not a good speaker, if you're nervous, et cetera, et cetera, Maybe you hire a rock star salesperson and you focus on your strong points in the business, the marketing, the operations, those things. So I think uh, really there's not a concrete black and white answer. I think it really just depends on you. Um, you know, you've said it yourself, Alex, you enjoy it. Uh, we know you're passionate about it. You've, you've appeared on national television, you know, trying to sell your products. So was, I, that, I was think, that America's most wanted or which oh, one was that? I was going to say, I think it was, uh, what was that show? Uh, oh yeah. Shark Tank. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think you, you know, so, so you as a, as the founder, CEO, whatever you want to call it, you need to know what your strong points are. So, all right. Exactly. So we'll keep going here. There's, exactly. there's a lot here. Um, and I do I want to mention this, one very quick thing. Cause I know there's comments, but I want to mention March 30th, Morongo Casino. Meet me there if you want me to take your money. I'm just kidding. There's going to be a Shark Tank audition. Last one for season 15. Th Thursday, March 30th, 2023. Make sure to go there if you're a brand to try out audition. Don't miss it. If you miss that one, it's done for the season. You have to wait until next year. So just wanted to mention that. California. Right, right. Good. And uh, Sarah mentioned that Jordan Buckner has an awesome public DSD list. So... Uh, nice. good. It is. It's, it's a great resource for, for everyone. Uh, Josh, yes. High touch. Uh, Alex has talked about that in the past. They're a great Southern Love California DSD distributor. So yes, they would be considered DSD. Uh, what else we got? Um, it's America's most wanted smoothie, Daniel Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gavin brings this up. Uh, a lot of DSD folks are in the stores three times a week, if not every single day. Uh, and, um, and then you don't have to be as reliant on the store team to do it, which in this day and age with labor and resources being limited or, or troublesome, that's very mm -hmm. important. That's a mm -hmm. very good service. Allie Kane's joining us. What's up, Happy Allie? Friday. Happy in Friday, the sauce. Allie. In yes. the sauce. Um, all right. So let's see. Uh, listen to Gavin. I'm a pencil pusher. I'm something. Uh, let's see. Adam, thoughts on private label opportunities? You probably need to expand on that a little bit, Adam, as far as like, are we talking about a certain category? You, is that question for Alex or what have you? We can come back to that. I thought, um, I thought he meant profit and loss opportunities. Well, uh, man, no, that could be most, too. Most, mostly loss and TPG. Right. Uh, Ali talked a little bit about having sales folks listening on the founder pitching a lot before they start. Mm -hmm. Founders talk too much, so we need to learn to listen. Yeah, it's a give and take for sure. Gavin, 
Founders cool. What if they are dull? Whoever's the most passionate. That's kind of what I just said. Um, but I'm behind, so I'm sure. Let's see. As a broker, a dull founder sucks, and I'd rather have the sales folks. Again, it's what your strong point is, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's delegating too. You know, you know, you can't be in ten places at once. I mean, if there's a major meeting, um, like with Target or Albertsons, I think it's good to have the founder in the room. But you can also have a broker in the room because the broker will speak the language of the retailer on what they're looking for, what's trending. They've done the data research. What's the promotional calendar? I like to have both in the room because the the founder brings the passion and the emotional side and the excitement. But then the broker kind of reins in the founder to say, "Okay, let's be realistic on what are our goals, promotional plan, rollout, et cetera. So I I like that combination. Right. Um, Let's see. There's a there's a lot going on here. I think we're caught up a little bit. We're caught up. There's if yeah. I missed you, if I missed you, just send it back. There's 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 quite a few. So um, yeah. So uh, anything else exciting happened this week, Alex? Anything uh, um, besides yeah, the we, sales? We, and- we are. Um, I mean, I just want to. You know, it's interesting. We we talk about many things on the show. Um, I want to go into real estate for a quick, like a hot second. Because, okay. you know, you're, you're, you just went through the real estate thing. Okay. We're not in a position, you know, not to be too personal to buy a home yet, but we're looking, you know, we're like, okay, like what's out there? Um, unless I want a one bedroom studio, um, you know, in Hollywood overlooking the 101 freeway with truckers outside my, you know, my, my door. That's pretty much all we can afford in LA. I mean, <laughs> it's just insane right now. So a lot of people, are moving outside of LA now. Right. A lot of, not, not just, I'm t- you know, there's obviously people that are moving across state lines, you know, moving from San Diego, LA to North Carolina, to Charlotte, to Austin, to Seattle, all these really great areas that are up and coming or just great areas for family in general. But a lot of my friends have moved like to Riverside, Ontario, mm-hmm. Menifee, Glendora, um, you know, moving to Alyssa Viejo instead of because they can't afford Orange County and they can't afford right. San Diego. So it's really uh, Andy Kurtz moved to North Carolina. I would <laughs> I would love that, except um, all I know in North Carolina is uh, pretty much Wade right now. That's no, I, hate, I was going to say sold. 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 Well, yeah, right. I was going to say done. Right. I do have some relatives there. I do have my aunt and uncle, but um, they're traveling half the time anyway because they're retired. But it's going to be hard for me to leave California. I've been here my entire life. Um, and also our parents are here and we want to make sure our parents see our baby grow up. And so, uh, it's tough where you have to make sacrifices. You can't live next to the beach. You can't live in, you know, West LA or something or Santa Monica. You got to kind of move away from there. So I'm seeing that happening in LA. I just wanted to point that out for all my L- my Angelinos that are on here. That if you're looking to buy a place, um, there's some mighty attractive deals an hour outside of L.A. So I just want to throw that out there. Great stuff. So we um, we got a little bit more about the private label thing. And, and let's go back com- into that. I was yeah. going to say there's some commentary going on here. So Adam's asking if a store is asking for private label, is that a good opportunity or does it box out the brand opportunity? And I know there's been a little bit back and forth. Allie's talking about uh, pushing back for brand. So Adam, yeah. just as an experience. Typically, um, I feel like, you know, and certainly I, I, I haven't uh, worked for a retailer that uh, was 
focused on private label for the bulk of their sales, you know, because I think if I'm not mistaken, Trader Joe's is mentioned further down in the chat here. But, um, you know, private label is certainly an opportunity. I think um, my experience is, is that there there are some times when they can play together, meaning you you can serve your branded product as well as a um, a private label product. There's obviously got to be a differentiator in my past. I did, I've done that with ice cream and milk both. Um, but as Ali mentioned, um, I think, you know, she mentioned a little bit down below, it's, it's, it's hard to go back. Meaning if you get into a store producing private label, it's going to be an uphill battle to end up getting your branded in if it's not in from the start, if that makes sense. It's just one of those things that, um, private label is, is if, if the retailer is focused on that, um, and your branded product is essentially the same as, as the mm -hmm. private label we're producing, it's going to be a hard sell to get that, that branded product in. So Alex, do you have any experience with private label yourself? Um, you know, we, we had bids <clears throat> with certain retailers, you know, for our coconut based products on being private label, but I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with Ali, Ali Kane here, um, that, it really takes away from your brand, right? You want to build your brand and have brand recognizability. So when you're selling more in stores, that's going to build your brand up and more people are going to remember it. And when they go to other stores, they're going to buy your product. But also the big play um, or one of the plays is online, right? So when someone finds your brand in the store, if it's private label, where are they going to go? You know, Kroger.com and buy it, the private label. But if they find your brand, they're going to go to GeniusJuice.com or all these other, you know, you know, true beverages, Gavin Conk, wherever it is, and they're going to go buy it online. So um, I would say, though, that there are certain retailers such as Trader Joe's, right, mm -hmm. <clears throat> where nine times out of 10, I would say 95 times out of 100, you have to be private label. But what's great about private label, because I know I have a friend that's in private label and he does you know, 20 million plus a year, no chargebacks. You send it to the retailer. They're fully responsible for it. Sometimes they even pick up the product because it's their branded, it's their brand on it, not yours. And it's guaranteed income. It's guaranteed revenue without any chargebacks or surprises. And they always pay on time, right? Because it's right. private label with the company. And I see private label as a way to build your volume. So it's economies of scale. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really that that's the play. Right. And in most cases, depending, um, but most of my experience says that typically if you're you as a buyer or you as a retailer are buying private label, you've negotiated an EDLC. So there's no trade spend on top of it. There's no promotional monies. It's just, you nope. know, you, you know, it's up to the retailer. It's up to them to promote the product. And exactly. And so the other thing that I've done, like I said, is, um, negotiated or worked on a, an ice cream supplier who, who, who made our private label and it was a true private label, which meant it was the cheapest in the category. Right. So it was, you know, let's just call quality level here, which was not necessarily competing with their branded product, which was, you know, higher butter fat, less overrun, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, we had the price fighter ice cream, which was our private label and then we were still able to bring in that branded product, which is a different product from there. And same thing on the bread side. We had our our you know our typical white bread, wheat bread, uh, hot dog bun, hamburger buns, and then the the private label supplier produced those. But then they also had 
you know, the split top this and they had, you know, seated rye and all these different things, the higher end things that they produced mm -hmm. um, that we didn't want in our private label. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little give and take. And I think it really just depends. I mean, you know, what your what your, um, you, you know, your strategy is for your brand and, and the retailer you're doing business with. So exactly. Yeah. And you can be easily replaced. That's the other challenge, depending on right. what the product is. But a lot of private labels commoditized you know, private label almond milk, private label nuts, private label, right. you know, uh, cheese and all these things, things that you find at Kroger, things, you know, simple truth, right? Simple truth. Right. Or you find a Trader Joe's or you find O Organics, right? At Albertsons, which I don't know if there's gonna be a merger. We can talk about that. I keep on hearing like it's, it may, it's, it's right. you know, they're trying to fight it right now. But uh, so essentially you can be easily replaced. And I've, there's another friend, that was selling um, a jarred product and he sold it to them for 10 years to this one retailer. And suddenly a new buyer came in. The buyer had a relationship with another supplier. They lost millions of dollars in business overnight by a new buyer coming in and saying, you know what, I'm going to go with this supplier. What I like about that having a brand is it's a moat. No one else can copy your brand. Right. Someone else can always copy a private label product. So, but you know what? Um, it goes back to what Ali said, or someone said it's either to me, it's one or the other, you know, I feel like focus on your brand or focus on private label. If you try to do both at the same time, um, you might dilute yourself. That's my opinion. Right. What other comments we got coming in here? Well, let's see. We've got a lot of feedback on the private label back and forth. I put a couple up where you're talking. Hot topics. Um, yes, right. We got Allie talking about uh, Whole Foods leaning into private label again. Um, you know, after 365 didn't really work great. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, I think um, as people look at, uh, you know, where the inflation, you know, the private label, you know, all the all the metrics will tell you that. Um, you know, when, when times are tough, people, people lean into private label because, um, typically it's, it's the lesser price, um, option. And so when, when dollars, dollars are stretched, uh, people need to make their money go further and they're probably going to lean towards value a little bit more so than, uh, when inflation is as big of a deal. So private label certainly has its, has its ups and downs as far as that goes. And I think the other challenge with is coming out of COVID uh, I, I know there was a lot of manufacturing issues with, you know, when you look at private label and, and people were capacity, supplies were tight, whether you're talking about glass or card, whatever it was. Uh, so, um, you know, and then as, as your manufacturer producing private label, you may get may have been in, in, a, in a position where you had to pick and choose what orders you were filling because, you know, maybe you were servicing, I don't know, 20, 20 customers, you know, with, I don't know, 5000 stores. Um, but when, when things were restricted and, and, and supplies and different things were, were slim, you had to drop some of those customers in order to fill the other customers. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous game on, from a retail side, because, you know, you have to be invested with good partners, um, from the private label side to make sure they're going to be able to consistently supply. So when we talk about this, right, if you, if you're scaling your business and you try and go into a thousand doors, um, the biggest thing you need to be able to do is supply a thousand doors. Well, the same holds true with private label. If, if you're going out and, and selling quote unquote private label, um, and you're producing for 
a thousand customers or you sell a thousand customers, you have to be able to produce for a thousand customers. So it's, it's, it truly is a pendulum, um, a little bit different than what Ali was talking about, but yes, nonetheless. So um, let's see. <clears throat> so my whole foods uh, store, this is Stephanie Huey, which uh, she works in the uh, whole foods Petrero Hill store, which is a great store. Um, in San Francisco, we, the, she says that at her whole foods store, they sell better, higher volume. They're not whole foods, private label. Again, it, you know, not to, not to belabor the point, but it really depends on where you're selling it. You know, if you're at a, a Kroger, um, somewhere else, that's not in Southern California or San Francisco, people don't have as much, you know, at the same level of income, private label is going to be more attractive. But if I go to the shout out to three trees, you know, almond milk, for six forty nine a bottle, um, if I go there, I'm going to buy three trees, and I'm not going to buy the private label almond milk because I want to support a local brand, right? That's from San Francisco, and, and I love the owner. And also, it, to me, it's creamier and better than the private label. Private label is right. not bad, but so it all depends. Um, I want to say there's. A, I just want to give. I know we have a stuff we love coming up because I'm. I have to. I have to end on time this time. Um, we usually go over. But there's a brand that I want to shout out that I absolutely love that's in Southern California. Um, oh, nice. They're, they're growing. It's called, and they were actually, uh, we, we, were, uh, we, we saw them, right? We were hanging out at the Alley Rally. It's a nowhere bakery. Mm -hmm. And they are the winner of the backpack brand competition with Startup CPG. So congratulations. Um, so Maurizio, um, and his wife, uh, they are the founders of Nowhere Bakery. And I put the website in there. You can see displayed, which I'm not able to do, but wait is. And just super, I know it doesn't go good with beer. Yeah. The, yes. So, but the product is so damn good. So pure. It's refrigerated. They have the Blondie bar, which is one of my favorites. They have the Blondie and brownies. They have the best effing cookie ever. They have, you know, brownie mix, chocolate cake, chocolate chip cookie, baking mix, cookie dough bars, which is also one of my favorites. Make sure to support them, buy the products. It's only available in LA, but they do ship nationally. They didn't sponsor the show because I just, you know, um, no matter what, I'm going to mention them because I love their product and I love the founders. And uh, yeah, so Nowhere Bakery, check them out. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's <clears throat> to do this on time, Alex. That means we better get into the next segment, which is Friday Freebies. All right. And then stuff we love. Do you have anything on your side? You know what? I, I do not simply because I was too busy trying to re relearn how to do all these <laughs> things. So I did not have much opportunity to get anything ready. So uh, I, I, let's just say liquid death. I'll say that and I'll come back next week. Hopefully you've regained the controls or I'll be better prepared to, uh, you know, usually I have my, uh, my lovely wife Renee here that can hand me something. She's not here right now. So uh, I'm going to pass over the stuff we love to you. There it is. There's music. There you go. So yeah. So Wade's actually playing I, that music now on this keyboard. There's a keyboard. Yes. You can't see it right now. Yes. So, um, yeah, and then Stephanie, who we love the offerings of Nowhere Bakery, discovered that brand thanks to Coconut Colt. Yeah, Coconut Colt and Nowhere Bakery together is like heaven. It's it's freaking heaven. It's like bougie. It's bougie food and yogurt land. So 
uh, Olipop, strawberry vanilla. Also their new flavor, the cream soda is fantastic. Uh, I didn't like their lemon lime. I don't know why, I just didn't like it, not for me, but I love all their other flavors, root beer, strawberry vanilla, and so forth. So for me, that is the stuff that I love. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, let's get back to, let me find this. Friday freebies? Yeah, let me try that again. Let's try it again. (laughs) Yeah, second time's a charm. Oh man, I almost deleted something, that would have been bad. Friday freebies. All right, all right, all right. So all we right. didn't even we didn't even mention them before, but I also want to just before we go into our question to win the prize, which is a delicious decadent treat, which um, these are amazing. Um, they sent some to me. Jesse did, and they're awesome. We're gonna have Dream Pops on. Speaking of decadent treats, Dream Pops, David Greenfeld, next week, March thirty first, and then a couple weeks later, Chubby Snacks mm-hmm. with Dylan. Sheglio, and then we are going to have Nowhere Bakery on at some point, um, you know, by summer. Um, I just talked to the owner and he's amazing. So we'll have him on as well with a giveaway for their delicious baked goods. But let's get back to Wims. Wade, right take on. it away. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do that right now. So uh, Wims is an LA-based, woman-owned, permissible indulgence brand reimagining the chocolate confectionery we grew up eating. They do so in a way that is accessible to everyone, regardless of dietary restrictions or preferences. Their first product is an oat milk chocolate peanut butter cup that has only one gram of sugar, contains no palm oil or sugar alcohol, and is gluten-free and vegan. But most importantly, they're delicious. I'm going to let Alex attest to that in a second. But they're giving away a three-pack of their oat milk chocolate peanut butter cups. I think it's a bag, if I'm not mistaken. So, Alex, my memory is that you were a pretty big fan when you tried these previously. I did like them. I like that it was zero or one gram of sugar. They taste like a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's you can indulge without the guilt and without the sugar. So it's cool. I loved it. Excellent. Excellent. So hopefully you've got a question that you're thinking about. Um, what do you Why think? did I lose access to StreamYard? I don't think anyone uh, can answer that one. Say, if, they, if they can solve that, they might be hacked into it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. They get a pallet of, uh, of whims. Um, you know what? I, uh, let me do a really simple one. And, but, but it's, it's, it's what pains me is that it's going to, it's the only one I can think of, but it would disqualify. It would not, it would, it would, it would cause one person to not be able to win it. But I think she's won prizes in the past. So she's going to, she's always donating her prizes anyway. So, um, this is my question. It's not a hard question. Uh, Stephanie, and you can't look it up. Where does she work and what location? Wow, there you go. Yeah, don't don't look on wherever. Internet. Internets. And I'm I'm watching, I'm not watching the LinkedIn feed. I'm watching the StreamYard feed, Alex. So if something different comes up, let me know. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm uh all right. So someone said whole foods but what is the actual store called yeah it's not sf it's in sf but what is it's the name of the store daniel barnes at least from my from my side that's what i that's what i see too that's what i see too yeah less delay when you're looking at it on linkedin 
Yeah. All right, so so Alex, how does Daniel win his prize? Uh, there's one way, which is to email FridayVibes100 at gmail.com. FridayVibes100 at gmail.com, the number 100, and we'll connect you with Jesse Baruch. Um, he may be Jewish, and he will uh, get you that prize. Um, we also, we will, because I know we have a few minutes here, we're going to have a major announcement um, I'm working on some of the the graphics for it, but um, with our with our team, but it's coming next week that we are officially going to be updating the name of our show. Excellent. So that that will be fun. Um, <clears throat> it's it's also... not going to be it's not going to be CPG CP Genius because that's already yeah. taken. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Alex, you you have to uh, talk about our ongoing sponsor though as well, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. I got a little distracted with all the uh, the changes here today but v driven v driven v driven they're our longtime sponsor uh the ceo is luke abbott luke dot abbott a double b o double t at v driven.com and v driven is a cpg partner for emerging purpose driven brands they fuel growth and innovation by providing strategies and supporting every phase of the retail journey from leadership coaching brand management deduction management which is not on here but i'm adding it accounting, sales strategy, day-to-day tactical support. They're an end-to-end solution to the brand's business needs. And they're fantastic. Maureen Bolin-Parks, who um, you know participates in our show here, and she's on right now. Um, she is part of V-Driven. They can help you build your brand. They have many relationships with corporate buyers and managers and owners across the country, and they have a back office team that can help you deduction, fighting with accounting. I mean, they do it all to be a resource to a CPG brand. So totally recommend reach out to them. Vdriven.com. That's V as in Victor or velocity driven. And that's Luke.Abbott at Vdriven.com. And you know, I was, I was going to say, that's a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier. If, if you're strong in sales and you need help with operations, logistics, accounting, yep. Yep. call, call Vdriven. If you're good at operations, logistics, and accounting, and you need help with sales, all be driven. All be driven. They can yeah. they can be one of those one of those assets for you if if you're looking for help in an area you're not strong in. They can certainly help you with that. So uh, uh, great folks and and you know I, I think everyone here knows that <clears throat> Alex and myself enough. <clears throat> excuse me that we're not going to just recommend somebody that uh, you know that that wouldn't do a good job for you. So I think uh, Luke's reputation and V Driven's reputation in the uh, industry speaks for itself. So. Uh, Alex, we got just a couple of minutes. Anything uh, going on this weekend? Yeah. Um, want to quickly mention we are clients of V Driven as well. So just want to quickly uh, shout them out for that, that we uh, put our money where our mouth is. Um, yeah, this weekend we are traveling. Uh, we, again, we're, we're not house hunting, house hunting, but we're just looking at what's out there and looking at some new developments and communities that's outside of the direct LA area. So we're going to go down to the uh, San Clemente, Mm-hmm. area kind of yep. closer to closer close-ish to your old stomping grounds yep and then uh we're not going to make it to carlsbad but we'll make it as far south as we can and then we're going to be going uh more inland on sunday to ontario to visit okay. some friends out there and we're going to look at some housing developments and uh it's it's kind of interesting when you go there and it's farmland and then they're like in a year there's going to be there's going to be a pool and a clubhouse there. You know, it's like you got to kind of visualize it 
it's like back to the future, right? Where there was nothing there before. And then they went there as farmland when they went to the past in 55, only people that love the movie would know what I'm talking about. Um, So that's what we're doing. Just traveling around a little harder. When you have a baby, you have to stop every 30 to 40 minutes to feed them and take care of them. But uh, it's going to be some fun to get out of Dodge a little bit and back on Monday for a strong week. How about you? Excellent. Excellent. Excuse me. So as I mentioned, I think before we went on the air, I've got a friend in from Ohio. So Yes. Uh, anxiously awaiting uh, me to finish this up so we can get out and uh, grab something to eat and catch up and uh, he'll be with us. And then I'm sure uh, Sunday we'll probably spend some time at the new house and uh, getting things situated and back at it Monday for a full week. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. It's going to be a warm one. It's a warm one right now and uh, looking forward to it. So this has been fun. I don't know, Alex, we got David Greenfeld here uh, next week with uh, dream pops and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, David's a great guy. He's got a lot of good stories, a lot of history with the brand and, and obviously the business as a whole. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and we don't know who's going to be driving next week. I might be driving again, which is scary to think about. But uh, if <laughs> if I need to drive, I'll be the uh, autopilot in Tesla and Alex can just hang out. Yeah, yeah. I'll be taking a nap in the back. So and then uh, you did a great I think everyone can agree. You did a fantastic, fantastic job today running the show posting the comments. I think you did uh, a world's better job at addressing and shouting out everyone than me. I can get a little bit ADD. You were very focused on making sure everyone's voice was heard. So yeah, love you, brother. You did a it's great been job. Fun. It's been fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You know, hey, every once in a while, maybe we'll just, uh, we'll just flip a coin and see who's driving the show. Right. So exactly. uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Well, everyone have a good weekend. Alex have fun. Uh, house hunting and all that good stuff. We'll see you all. When do we see him, Alex? It is Friday, 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. And look for the announcement next week on our new name. Five stars, right? Five stars. Everyone have a good weekend. Take care. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 